Welcome to the Pace Moments Leaders in Business podcast. Here we interview thought leaders about finance trends, the evolving role of finance, and how our profitability analytics framework can help you. So hello everyone, I'm Rafe Lawson, Executive Director of the Profitability Analytics Center of Excellence. And it's my great pleasure to have a discussion today with Anders Lou Lindbergh, who's co-founder of the Business Partner Institute. So welcome to our podcast, Anders. Uh, it's Anders uh, is one of the leading, if not the leading thought leader in today's in, in finance today. So it's, it's, a, it's a great honor and pleasure to be talking with you here. So maybe we could start off, Anders, by you're telling us a little bit about yourself and, and the Business Partner Institute. Absolutely, Rafe. And thanks a lot for, for having me here. So, yeah, I, I started my uh, career with the global transport and logistics company, Maersk, where I worked in various different finance roles. I started as a finance controller, which is different in Denmark compared to, for instance, in the U.S., where the controller role is uh, is, is something a bit different. Um, then I wanted to get closer to the business because I was just dealing with, uh, you know, numbers, IFRS, US gap, all that stuff. And I wanted to try and, and, and make a difference, let's say. So I, uh, I became a business controller, which is kind of FP&A in, in, in the US, uh, US sense, working with management reporting, consolidation. And that's when I got exposed to, uh, to business partnering for the first time. I remember attending a graduate program where the then CFO of Maersk came to us at the last module and said, I want finance to move from the trunk of the car and into the passenger seat, being the co-driver of the business. I'm sure he didn't make that up himself. He probably heard that from some sort of consultant, but of course the messaging was clear. We needed to be business partners, co-driving the business together with business leaders. And, uh, that was my first introduction to, to business partnering. Now, of course, I stayed in Maersk a lot of years after that. I became a finance manager in the U.S. I worked two and a half years in Houston, Texas. Uh, great experiences over there for sure. <clears throat> Leading a small team, doing business partnering firsthand, very much, you know, in the weeds of things. Coming back to Denmark, uh, where, where I'm based, uh, working as a senior finance business partner uh, for uh, the container shipping business. Then I did some work as a, we call it finance PMO, but basically was the do-it-all person for the finance leadership team of, uh, of Maersk, helping them with whatever projects or transformations that they wanted to drive. As part of that, I became involved in a huge business transformation where we were merging two large organizations and you know doing things under NDA and not being able to tell anyone in the company and uh, sitting until 2 a.m. Uh, for, for many nights in a row trying to get the organization to fit. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff, but basically there I got the opportunity to fully design a business partnering organization uh, from, from, from scratch or from what we had, the pieces that we had. Um, later on, I also got the opportunity to train business partners in a business partner role. So for at least 10 of the years I was at Merce, it was all about business partnering. And along the way, I I started writing about it because I didn't see any finance professionals sharing concrete cases around how they were being business partners. So I got started on that on different kind of platforms, eventually on, uh, on LinkedIn as well, where I, over the years, kind of found my my community or built my community of uh, 
now thousands and thousands of, of followers where I share every week. There's two newsletters coming out. We have more than 210,000 subscribers to those newsletters. And the followership has uh, increased tremendously last year and continues to do so this year, coming close to 130,000 followers by now. And last year, the content that just I put out, not talking about anyone else in BPI, got seen on LinkedIn more than 30 million times. Um, so a lot of opportunity to make a difference for the community. Obviously, I can't help every single finance and accounting professional across the world, but that is truly my purpose, to inspire them to take action in their career, whatever path they want to follow. But staying pat is just not an option. Whether you want to go data analytics, technical accounting to implement standards and ESG reporting or whatever else might be relevant, or going down the business partnering route, that, you know, I don't care, but I care about you moving and me inspiring you to move in the direction that fits you. And uh, as part of doing all those uh, thought leadership activities or what you want, uh, I got to meet a lot of interesting people. I got to be part of writing a book about business partnering. And I got in contact with Michael, who had the idea to do something uh, different than the classic, uh, let's offshore some people and cut down some cost in finance. Why don't we focus on developing the people in finance. So we kind of got together and start talking about how to create a, a company, call it Business Partnering Institute. And we then launched in April, 2018, after one and a half years of preparation since we met for the first time. And uh, we've grown ever since on the premise that we need to realize the people potential in finance people so that they can become better at influencing business leaders with the insights that they can bring to the table. Because I truly believe finance sit on a lot of great insights, but many lack the capability to actually communicate clearly, build relationships with business leaders and influence their decision-making. And if we're not able to do that, we can be the smartest people in the room, it doesn't matter. So that's the fundamental belief of Business Partner Institute that we can help drive that development. And now today we work with finance teams across the world mostly in Europe, of course, but, but really across the world to help elevate the influence that they have in their company. And uh, we are very much purpose-driven to make that happen. But of course, we also have a business here. Yeah, that's that's great. And it's that's a, a, such an amazing mission. And that really is the future of finance. And I love your, 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 that analogy of the car because, you know, research that I've done in the past uh, finance thinks they're the engine of the car. And the rest of the organization thinks we're in the trunk. So I think we'd uh, be happy to be in the passenger section of the car as as, as a business partner. So that's, that's great. Uh, so what are the challenges and opportunities then for finance professionals that want to serve as, as business partners? Yeah, so I, I briefly mentioned it before, right? It's typically the influence piece. Mm -hmm. And the the reason for that is simple. You know, ask any finance person, why did they go into the finance function? Why do they want to be in accounting or FPNA or whatever, whatever team they're in? And I've, of course, asked people about this. And I'm not saying that whatever poll I will make on LinkedIn is the, uh, the ultimate truth. But um, I asked them, why did you go into finance in the first place? Was it because you like numbers? Because you like business? Or because you like to work with people? 55% said numbers, not surprisingly. 35% said business, 
which was a bit like myself, right? I was good with numbers, but I wanted to get closer to the business. 10% said people. So if I should be a bit blunt around it, we have been running away from people interactions because it's probably not within our comfort zone. We probably don't feel like we're good at it. If we were good at it, maybe we thought we should go into sales or marketing or something like that, customer service. So we've been running away from that into finance. Yet in the past 15, 20 years, finance has transformed. So all the number work has been automated or made more efficient, been outsourced offshore to some centers of excellence. And now what's left? People interactions, right? Bringing the insights to the table, discussing with business leaders, influencing their decisions, building relationships. The thing we ran away from is now the thing we need to be good at. And from a human behavior point of view, that's a challenge. And I've experienced this challenge firsthand myself. When I started in finance as a financial controller, calling people to talk about something was like, I don't do that. Move outside the finance office that we had on the fourth floor in a big building just to even talk to other finance people down the hall. I don't do that, right? So very, very classic introvert, cubicle bound kind of finance professional. And it took me 10 years, literally speaking, 10 years to develop into becoming a good one. So I've experienced the growing pains firsthand. And I'm not saying every single finance professional should go down this route. There are other routes, as I mentioned earlier. But going down this route is a conscious, active choice to be uncomfortable. Because you need to step outside that comfort zone and learn and grow and sometimes stick back into the comfort zone. But, but that's what it is, right? Only 10% went into finance because they like to work with people, which is not surprising, but now we need to work with people. We need to move from being numbers people to what I've come to term as people people. And that's a, that's a human behavior transformation. Yeah, and that's so critical, as you alluded to, with technology transforming the finance profession, eliminating repetitive routine activities and tasks. Well, what's left is is what, what won't be automated are, are the people are the people tasks, right? And so, transforming to a finance business partner is is the future of our profession and, and critical, I think, to its, its survival and future relevance. So, you know, kudos again to what you're doing. So what do you see as the top trends? And you've kind of alluded to a little bit already, the top trends for 2023 and, and beyond. Yeah, so there's a, there's a publication from uh, from McKinsey and it's not, it's not just published, it was published a few years ago. It's called Four Imperatives for the Next Decade of the Finance Function. Maybe you've even even seen this. I, I reshared it once again on LinkedIn yesterday just because I think it's, it's, it's really, really insightful. And one key insight from that report is that the decade from the 10 to 20, and probably we can even extend that even further back, that was the decade of efficiency. We took cost out of the finance function by automating or offshoring or those kind of moves, process redesign perhaps. So we took cost out, significant cost out to create and build a lean 
finance function. But if the last decade was the decade of efficiency, I believe the current decade is the decade of effectiveness. So we can't just be cheap. We need to be good as well, right? So we need to develop capabilities within business partnering for sure to support decision-making to make better decisions. We need to tackle the data challenge, which we've been working on for years with ERP systems and master data management projects and what have you, so that we can use it for data analytics, which are other capabilities that we need to add to the finance function. And then, of course, we need to become true experts in finance and accounting to ensure we can continue to deal with the continuously ever more complex requirements of reporting coming from the different governing bodies, now adding ESG and sustainability to the mix, it doesn't get easier by the day, it gets more complex, right? So we need these three main paths of finance to evolve in the current decade. And in order to do that effectively, we need to become much better at hailing not just the generalists, but also the specialists. We need to create career tracks in finance where you can become just as well-paid, just as celebrated if you are the best technical accountant in the company, even you're not a VP or something like that, or the best data analytics, data science person, as if you were the VP or the SVP or whatever roles you have in the company. Right? So I would pay my top data scientist as much as I would pay the you know, next in command in finance. Because if we don't hail the expert, the specialist developments, everyone wants to be a business partner because that's the talk of the town, right? Not everyone can become a business partner. Some are much better suited for the roles. So I think bringing in new capabilities, celebrating these new career paths is what's going to enhance the decision support, which is so ever critical that finance is able to provide. So I think those are some of the key challenges for senior finance leaders in the current decade. Yeah, I really like your your idea that there are different career tracks, different career paths that people can take. A couple of years ago, I did a, a study on data science in the its impact on the finance function and you know people running around so every all the management accounts have to become data scientists or data analysts and it's it's really not the case it's really a continuum of the the uh competency in data science or data analytics that that finance professional need and depending on what their role is that affects the their the, the level of competency that's required so yeah that's that's definitely a, a great point that you just made so uh, at PACE, we've developed our PACE Profitable Analytics Framework. And I was wondering if, if you could just discuss a little bit about how you see that framework supporting business partnering. Yeah, so, you know, profitability analytics should be at the heart of what a business partner is doing, right? So we need to bring insights to the table. If we have no insights, we're just nice people to have coffee with. Hopefully we are nice people, but but that's that's sort of besides the point, right? We have nothing to bring. It doesn't matter. And simple analytics approaches like standard variance analysis or financial statement analysis 
that's not going to bring a lot. It might tell us a bit more around where to look, but it's not going to help us to drive the right conversations at the leadership table. So looking at a framework like the probability analytics uh, framework, it's a much more holistic approach to how to drive performance across the company, but also guiding finance people on what and where to analyze to generate these insights, which are so critical. So I think it's such a big help for every single finance business partner out there or a person doing business partnering to guide them in their hunt for insights and to guide them on how to drive the right conversations. So I think it's a, it's a huge help, but also a big topic to, uh, to tackle. Right? If all you're able to do is just to get the management report out in time and then you're like, oh, now I go, go, got to go back home and have a week's vacation right until the next monthly cycle starts, then, then it's going to be difficult to adopt something like that, right? But it's the absolutely right thing to do because we can't just go about it in simple ways. I mean, those things have already been, been brought to the table, right? So I think it's, it's a great help, but it takes conscious effort to implement it in your way of working. Yeah, I, I, of course, completely agree. And I just see such incredible alignment between our framework and, and business partnering. And you now you mentioned about uh, us being the era of uh, effectiveness and, and so many uh, accounting practices at companies are prevent accounts from, from being effective from, and from business partnering. So I, I, I agree that you know, we need to uh, be more aware of what effective accounting practices are in addition to all of the other uh, skills and competencies needed for business partnering, absolutely. And so you know, it's, it's why I'm so glad we, we partnered you know, and support our, each other because uh, this is such an alignment between what we, what we do and what we, our, our view of, of the future of the profession. So uh, that's all the questions I have for today. Uh, I appreciate your uh, taking time to speak with us, speak with me, and uh, good luck. And not that you'll need it, but yeah, good luck with the BPI. And and uh, look forward to uh, future chats and engagement. Absolutely, Ray. Thanks a lot for for having me. It was also a pleasure to having you in our offices uh, last year. Thanks a lot for making the trip over here. Not just for us, of course, but it's always nice to to build relationships across the across the pond. And yeah. loving the mission of, of Pace, and and really happy to be part of driving that as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Leaders in Business podcast. To learn more about profitability analytics, check out the Pace website join one of our interest groups and follow Pace on LinkedIn and Twitter.